Hello, warriors. Welcome to the C-Free, Cancer-Free podcast. I'm Pamela, your host. Friends, I got a treat today. I've got somebody that is going to tell her story. Her name is Michelle Rapkin, and I'm just going to go ahead and introduce her. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much, Pamela. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now, Michelle, it seems like we belong to the same club, the we cancer, do. the cancer club. That's right. Uh, yeah. So tell me all about it. How old were you, and when you when you first got it? Because I know uh, you've had it more than once. How old were you, and and tell me what nasty thing you got? Okay, I was forty seven years old and a newlywed. I hadn't. I had just gotten married for the first time, and. Um, was having a routine checkup, and my doctor found non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, much to everyone's shock. That was in 2000. And then it... Now can and, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but can I ask, how do you find lymphoma? Well, it's a blood cancer, um, and I was having a colonoscopy for other reasons, and my doctor found a um, just sort of an ulcerated area in the colon, in the in the ileum, which is a part of the colon, and checked it out. And um, lymphoma is not easy to find. Um, the main symptom is um, swollen lymph glands, and I never had that. Isn't that something? And yeah. you were 47. And yes. what was what happened after that? Well, um, after a ton of tests and two weeks of not being sure whether it was cancer or something very, very unserious, um, uh, I had surgery and uh, six months of chemo, um, after which I did go into remission and stayed there for um, 16, almost 17 years. Oh and, my goodness. Yes. And in fact, when I did go to the doctor 17 years later with another symptom that was really, uh, very unusual, um, he took all kinds of tests and said, I just don't know what's wrong with you. And after about four hours of testing, I said, Oh, you know, I forgot to tell you, I, I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma 16 <laughs> years ago. And, um, an hour later, they knew what it was. Um, so I had, I started chemo all over again. And oh my goodness, I want to back up real quick. Sure. When you said you had the surgery at forty-seven, yeah, what did what was that surgery? That was a surgery where they resected. They took out part of my ileum, which is okay. the channel between your large and your small intestine. Okay. And there were tumors there of, you know, um, the cancerous tumors um, that they removed. So you had a resection. Okay. I had a resection. Yeah. Okay. So now it's 17 years or 16 years later and they found the same type of cancer. Yes. Same type okay. of cancer, different place. Okay. And where was it this time? That was in my ab, in the cavity of my abdomen. Okay. And the did you go through the same kind of chemo as the first time? Well, with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, you can never use the same chemo twice because your the cancer morphs into a resistant 
cancer to that particular medication, like um, some some insects. And so you always have to have a different um, chemo. So sure. I did have chemo, but it was a different cocktail. Okay. And that went on for um, several months. And then I went into remission, which was great. But um, I did have to have scans every three months. And um, I think about nine months later, I was expecting a routine scan and 16 more years at least of being cancer free, but it had come back before the Um, year was out. So the second time you got it, you went through the chemo and then it returned that same year within a year. Correct. Okay. Oh no. Yes. We, we do, we do have the same club. And as my listeners know, I'm a two time survivor. Um, colon and liver. Wow. And um, so it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, sometimes it does come back, but that, that brings me to the question when you had it the first time Mm -hmm. and you were going through the chemo and you were just going through the shock of it all. Yes. How, what were your feelings about getting through it? Did you, did you just know without a doubt you were going to make it through? Mm. Was there, was there times where did you, plan your funeral in your mind a few <laughs> <Yeah>. times? <laughs> um, uh, that's a great question. You know, um, I wasn't really thinking beyond getting through the chemo. I knew I would get through the chemo. Um, and I hoped that um, I, my faith is an important part of my life. And, and I prayed and said, you know, please don't you know, please don't take me now. I've only been married for two years. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But I also knew that um, I needed to do everything I could possibly do and put the rest in God's hands. And, Amen. And, uh, you know, some days I was more successful at that than others. But um, that's pretty much what I tried to do, at least. The second time. Did you feel better about getting through it since you did it the first time? Mm. Well, I was surprised at myself for agreeing to have chemo. The chemo was so hard the first time that I kept swearing I'd never have chemo again. But those 16 years later, I didn't even think about it twice. I had chemo and um, um, I was more concerned at this point that, you know, I was now in my uh, mid to late 60s. And um, I had real, I I was in my head, I was um, hoping not to have to, I didn't plan my funeral, but I did get a lot of my affairs in order. Yeah. Yes. I've, I've done that too. I know, I know how you feel. The third time you were diagnosed. Yeah. Was there chemo with that? Well, there couldn't be because there are, at the time, there were only two chemo cocktails for people with recurring non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So my doctors wanted me to have um, a stem cell transplant, which I was, uh, I had some real reservations about. And um, I um, did a lot of uh, I, I put the brakes on and said, I, I need to think about this. I need to pray about it. 
and I had um, been, it had been recommended that I see a lymphoma specialist at a larger hospital, although I love my local hospital and my oncologist. Um, and he was very cooperative. And uh, the referring oncologist suggested a, a CAR-T transfusion, which is a new um, immunotherapy where they take some of your stem cells, send them to a pharmaceutical lab for a month where they are re-engineered with your, your own stem cells are put into a special shell of a cell, duplicated by many, many millions of times. And then it comes back after a month to your doctor and the infusion, you're given an infusion, which is like a, a, a blood transfusion. That's amazing. Yes. And, and how long have you been well, cancer-free? Well, there's more to the story. I, you, you have your scan 90 days following the infusion. And it's not a, a simple procedure. In, it's simple as the procedure, but you've got to stay. I had to live in Philadelphia for a month and stay within 20 minutes of their hospital because it was so new and the potential side effects were so severe that they, uh, it couldn't be risked that I was any further from the hospital. But I sailed through it. And right. the doctor, my oncologist, was very optimistic. So I went home after a month. And in, uh, after 90 days, I took a scan and went back to Philadelphia and saw my oncologist who was talking about everything except my diagnosis. And I said, do you have bad news for me? And he did. Um, the infusion had not worked. And um, I was shocked, and so was he. And um, I went home, and at that point, I really was probably about to plan my funeral. Um, and that was in July. In August, my home oncologist called me and said, you know, in June, two months ago, the FDA fast-tracked approval for a new chemo that is only for people who are on their third iteration of your type of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Let's try it. And we did. And six months later, and the belief is that the chemo and that CAR-T infusion, which those cells replicate indefinitely, those little bomb, bomb mm -hmm. pilots, and the belief is that the combination of both of those um, put me into remission. And that was in January um, of 20, um, 2020. So I have had four solid years of remission. Praise God. Praise God. And I'm in That's my fantastic. That's fantastic. You mm -hmm. certainly are worthy of writing a book. And I know that's what you've done. And I want to hear all about it. I'm going to ask a few more questions. And then uh, I want to know about where the listeners can find you, where they can get your book, etc. Sure. But I have a couple more questions for you. Sure. Um, tell me, Michelle, how have you grown from mm -hmm. fighting cancer? How have I grown from fighting cancer? Um, my perspective on life in general is completely different and better, I believe. My priorities have changed completely. And um, 
I have become much more proactive in terms of participating in my health and in my life. And certainly my faith has grown and changed. Wonderful. Wonderful. What do you think is the main thing that you believe saved you from cancer, Mm. from a cancer death? Well, um, I, I, I couldn't answer that question without saying that I, I believe that God has allowed me to keep living. Um, so that's number one. Um, I also learned uh, early on that <clears throat> instead of being powerless, I really became the CEO of a big health concern when I was diagnosed, and that was my health concern. And so I learned as much as I could, and I tried to be a good CEO and mm-hmm. really participate. So those, I think, are the two things that say Very good. Very good. What is the single most important piece of advice that you could give somebody else with a newly diagnosed cancer? Um. I would suggest that someone newly diagnosed hang on to three things, your faith, your perspective, four things, your gratitude, and your sense of humor. That's true. That's very good. Very good. One more question, and then we'll wrap up with how everybody can get your book. Okay. Now, how... I know you wrote a book, but is there any other way that you give back to the cancer community? Well, yes. Um, since I, <clears throat> I've been in the community for so many years, either as a uh, having cancer or as a survivor, um, I have um, made it a point <clears throat> to um, be involved in my local <clears throat> lymphoma um, society as a volunteer and I also try to give back in terms of, um, I, I have chosen um, Make-A-Wish Foundation as a um, venue for me to be able to contribute when I can do that. Fantastic. And, yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's a great organization. Yeah. And tell us the name of your book where we can find it, how people can find you, if you're on social media, and if you have a fa- uh, webpage, et cetera. Okay. Um, the book is called Cancer Sucks, But You'll Get Through It. Trust me, I've been there. And, <laughs> it. and it can be ordered on the web from any of your um, <clears throat> book venues, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, it hopefully is in a local in the local bookstores, and I am on Facebook, Michelle Rapkin, and I am really dedicating that page to my cancer, uh, my fellow club members. And Very good. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to order a copy of your book, and I hope that everybody does. Um, three time is a charm. Yes. And I just want to say, Michelle, it was a pleasure speaking with you. God bless you. I know he has you you here for a reason. Thank you. Um, And you too. Yes. Amen. Amen. And and for for all the listeners, please, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast, 
share it with somebody that you love. And until tomorrow, God bless.